Hi, I'm Phil Morehart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast. As a member of the American Library Association, you're committed to providing the best reading for the largest number at the least cost. GEICO thinks that last part should apply to you, too. That's why when you go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A, call 1-800-368-2734 or contact your local GEICO agent for a fast, no-obligation quote, you could save even more with a special discount when you mention you're a member of the American Library Association. And be sure to ask how GEICO could help you with homeowners and renters insurance, plus coverage for your motorcycle, boat, RV, and more. With GEICO, it's easy to bundle your policies to make it easy for you and help you save even more money. So don't wait. Go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A. Call 1-800-368-2734 or contact your local GEICO agent for a fast, no-obligation quote now. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. As most of you probably know by now, the 2020 ALA Annual Conference, originally slated to be held in Chicago this summer, is being moved online due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The new virtual conference kicks off next week, on June 24th, and features almost everything that the library world has come to expect from an ALA conference. Great speakers, informative sessions and programs, meetings, and more. And that includes the many book awards. This year, the ceremonies will be condensed into one expansive ALA Book Awards celebration to be held June 28th, and we're lucky to have two winners on the show today. Today, on the Dewey Decibel Podcast, we welcome two winners of the Coretta Scott King Book Awards. First, I speak with author, illustrator, and multiple Coretta Scott King Book Award winner James E. Ransom about his book, The Bell Rang, which was a Coretta Scott King Book Award Honor Illustrator book this year. Next, I speak with illustrator April Harrison about What is Given from the Heart, a book by the late Patricia McKissack, featuring Harrison's illustrations, which won the artist the Coretta Scott King Book Award's John Steptoe Award for New Talent Illustrator this year. But first, a word from a sponsor. As a member of the American Library Association, you're committed to providing the best reading for the largest number at the least cost. Geico thinks that last part should apply to you, too. That's why, when you go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A, call 1-800-368-2734, or contact your local Geico agent for a fast, no-obligation quote, you could save even more with a special discount when you mention you're a member of the American Library Association. And be sure to ask how GEICO can help you with homeowners and renters insurance, plus coverage for your motorcycle, boat, RV, and more. With GEICO, it's easy to bundle your policies to make it easy for you and help you save even more money. So don't wait. Go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A. Call 1-800-368-2734 or contact your local GEICO agent for a fast, no-obligation quote now. GEICO. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. James E. Ransom is a celebrated author and illustrator of children's books. A multiple credit Scott King Book Award winner, Ransom finds himself being honored again this year for his new book, The Bell Rang, which is a 2020 credit Scott King Book Award honor illustrator book. Told through the eyes of a young enslaved girl, the book tells an unflinching story of life on a plantation and what happens when her older brother decides to run away to freedom. Today is Juneteenth, the annual celebration honoring the end of slavery in the U.S., so it's an apt time to discuss this book with Ransom. We began by talking about the book's inspiration. When I tell people how I how I got actually got the story idea, they they usually um, <laughs> have a funny look on their face, and um, especially um, my wife and my editor both um, didn't didn't seem like it was something. You know, it, in my office note, my editor asked me not to talk about it. And in a recent interview, Lisa asked me not to mention it. But I'm going to tell you where I honestly got the idea from. It, it actually came about um, from listening to the news. And I'm listening to news about migrants coming to America. And as, as I continue to hear more and more stories about coming from South America, to America, I started thinking about how difficult that trip must be and how, and also what a difficult decision it must be to decide to leave your family, um, friends, neighbors, community, and your nation to go someplace else to start all over again and hopefully better and change your life, your life and your future um ancestors or um future people gonna who are gonna be born. It's gonna change everyone's life forever. So I didn't feel comfortable writing a story about migrants because um it wasn't really my experience. So I started thinking about another way to tell that story. You know, I probably first considered migrating north, but that didn't seem to have the urgency that I that I wanted to um to to get people's attention um, about the decisions that was being made. So I thought about a slave narrative, and that I felt more comfortable telling, um, and that's where the idea actually comes from. It comes from um, – so I started thinking about what if there is this family, and I could go, you know, sort of – I like this idea of repetitive sort of repeating things every day. Um, mm -hmm. with them waking up in the morning and doing these certain chores. And then the, the boy would run off, but we're left to see what's left behind, which I don't – which is rarely talked about. Well, often we talk about slaves leaving. We, we just follow the person, the person who goes through the Underground Railroad, or who goes north by any means necessary. and But they're always leaving someone. And yeah. how does it feel for those people who are left behind? So that's – that's really what I wanted to tap into with this story. But that's that's the actual way it, it came about. Um, that way. And what was and what was the um your research process like for this book? I'm sure as you as you were building it, um what um 
did you did you turn to primary sources um, and and uh, uh, individual stories from the past? What was that process like? Well, um, I, I've the research has actually started years in advance. Um, with my first book that dealt with slavery or enslaved people, um, Sweet Clarence and Freedom Quilt, which is um, almost 30 years old. I think, I think we've had its 25th anniversary last year. I've been collecting books about enslaved people um, in America. I've um, watched movies, um, anything. Um, I, you know, I'm probably the only person who's watching some of these things about, you know, enslavement on PBS or, or, or in movies, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I find it all sort of interesting, um, this, the, the, um, how complex the system was. So I, the, the special research I did for the bell rang was just sort of reacquainting myself with slaves, what happened on a slave plantation, um, far as games kids played, um, Making sure I was correct on the fact that they, um, that who oversee the young children and things like that. Um, but, but it's all, sort of ongoing and, and you know, it, it never stops for me. It, it's that period and, um, Jim Crow period, I find the most fascinating period in, um, in African American, in American history. Um, so I'm, I'm always gravitating and interested in collecting things. I have tons of books and, um, and videos on all those subjects. Now, for the, for the book itself, what was the creation process like for for that? Like, um, uh, and I guess for all the for all of your work, this this question could apply to. You. Do um do you write the words first, the story first, and then illustrate it, or or vice versa, or is it a process that that happens simultaneously? It, it often, it, most often, it happens with me writing the words first. Um, I'm, I'm a Usually, because manuscripts come to me that way, um, I sort of a um, the way I'm accustomed to receiving things. Um, so I, um, I I wrote the story and um, sent it to my editor, and um, she liked it. And then we had she, it was actually my editor's idea to add the doll section in, so there was some rewriting done. Um, but that so and, and all that was done um, probably two years before I started actually illustrating it. So I actually have to wait in line for my own books. Um, like people have to wait for me. So I understand when, yeah. when writers say I have to wait for this illustrator because I have to wait for an illustrator too. And it's, it's, it's me though because I have a, a very a book schedule. So, um, so yeah, so the story always comes first. Although I'm working on something now or maybe – not now actually, but in a, in a few months – that I may actually do both with. I sort of go, you know, write and illustrate because it's a, it's a more complex story. Now, the uh, the story that you tell in the bell ring, uh, you, you, you've talked about this a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of get into it more. It's really it's unflinching in its portrayal of slavery and the lives of enslaved people and plantation life. Um, but it's also, there's a lot of hope in the story and, and family mm-hmm. strength and resilience. Um, as a writer and illustrator, particularly uh, writing books for children, how did you approach this really complex emotional story to make it resonate with young readers? Well, 
one of the first there's a, a few different things. One of the first things I, I felt I had to do was I had to build this family, um, this unity between the family. And so showing them with this sort of routine of getting up and, and also something that we can relate to. You know, families wake up in the morning and they, they have to they prepare a meal um, and they go out. If they don't prepare a meal, they grab something. But it is it's something that's sort of a routine that happens in every household. So I wanted to sort of set up this routine for this household. And as, as we're getting comfortable with this sort of routine, something happens on on Thursday, and that's what sort of changes everything. And so, you know, that – and then then we also we're, – we're missing someone from the routine. So that became a large part of what I wanted to sort of help or relate to what we do – what contemporary people do every day. Also, I, I've noticed when I talk to people about um, slavery, there's usually sort of two sides. There's the people who sort of, they don't feel comfortable with it at all, and they sort of reject, you know, why we keep, keep hearing these stories. Um, they don't want to know anything about this. And what I've come to realize from my own sort of examination is, there's some of, of a shame um, of, about the fact that their their people were enslaved. What myself and my wife have learned through our research and our discussions about slavery is, yes, it was an extremely difficult time for African Americans to go through, but there was a sense of dignity and pride, and they lived through one of the most horrifying events in this country's history. And they did it with a sense of dignity and pride. And what, when we do a book, we're trying to show that dignity and that sense of self and that sprint that they made it through. Um, and so that's what, that's an overall arching sort of theme behind all the books I do if it touches on slavery. It's, you know, the people are, are proud. Um, I mean, you know, we have, it was really important for me to put in the fact that they had their own garden, um, and, and these are things that they would raise for themselves to supplement the things that the master was giving them. But also they could sell these things to earn additional money, and a number of slaves purchased themselves out of slavery out of selling eggs, you know, um, to, to people and other things that grew in their garden. So it's that type of um, hard work and ethics that I, I really want people to sort of see and, and not a, I don't, it's not up front in a preachy way. It's all subtle and it's built into the stories. Um, hopefully they, they, they see that. But I, I just find it very interesting how some people really have a hard time with slavery. I think it's because they don't feel that it was um, African Americans at their best, but maybe at their worst, and they see them as being beaten down and not worthy and, and, sh and something shameful that they, that they were enslaved. And I try to just sort of um, fight that, that, that viewpoint. Um, now the book, The Bell Ring, um, it's a Curtis Scott King uh, Book Award Honor Illustrator book this year. And it's, it's one of many CSK Book Awards that you've won throughout the years. Um, what does this, 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 uh, the CSK Book Awards mean to you? But this one's really special because this is the book I wrote and illustrated. Um, it, the other ones were um, written by um, other people. Um, this is, you know, when you, you have a story idea, 
And uh, the first thing I do is I look around and see if anyone else has done anything on it because I feel like, oh, someone must have did this before. But to do something, and and, and I haven't come across anything yet that de- deals with this um, type, this, you know, from a family perspective, someone leaving, I feel really honored um, that it, it's been awarded. Um, I work really hard on the illustrations, and um, it's always great to be rewarded for your, your hard work. Um, you know, again, um, doing um, a number of books, the challenge is always how to make it interesting, how to make it different. And um, the award just sort of um, helps um, you feel that you, you actually accomplished that. Um, and so all, all the hard work sort of paid off. As a member of the American Library Association, you're committed to providing the best reading for the largest number at the least cost. GEICO thinks that last part should apply to you, too. That's why when you go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A, call 1-800-368-2734, or contact your local GEICO agent for a fast, no-obligation quote. You could save even more with a special discount when you mention you're a member of the American Library Association. And be sure to ask how GEICO could help you with homeowners and renters insurance, plus coverage for your motorcycle, boat, RV, and more. With GEICO, it's easy to bundle your policies to make it easier for you and help you save even more money. So don't wait. Go to geico.com D-I-S-C A-L-A, call 1-800-368-2734, or contact your local GEICO agent for a fast, no-obligation quote now. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. April Harrison is an acclaimed fine artist whose work can be found in the public collections of Vanderbilt University, Virginia Commonwealth University Medical Center, the Atlanta Housing Authority, and Erskine University Museum, and in the private collections of Whoopi Goldberg, Ruth Simmons, Andrew Young, and Jesse L. Martin. But she's new to the world of children's book illustrating. That said, her first outing, illustrating the late Patricia McKissack's book, What is Given from the Heart, has earned her a 2020 Coretta Scott King Book Awards John Steptoe Award for New Talent Illustrator. I spoke with April recently about her work in the book, which tells the uplifting story of a mother and her son who give to a family in need despite having lost so much themselves. April, you're you're an accomplished fine artist, but what is given from the heart uh, was your first foray, foray into um, picture book illustrating. How did you come to work on this project? You know, it just happened sort of by chance in a way because um, Random House was looking for an artist or an illustrator to do uh, a particular book, and it happened to be what is given from the heart. And so upon their searching, they went online and um, – to one of my old galleries out of Atlanta, a Visca Fine Art Gallery. And they were looking for a different artist, though. They didn't know anything about me. But as they were searching for him, they found me. And they contacted me about possibly being interested in doing this project. They didn't tell me who the writer was. They only said, um, hey, we have a book idea. We want to see if you're interested. And, of course, I was. And um, I had to submit a a demonstration, sort of like a, um, a fully illustrated page um, for their review. They looked at it. They loved it. And I was hired for the illustrator part. 
And that's when they let me know who the illustrator actually was. Oh. Um, was there anything um, when you received the manuscript? Uh, what drew you? Was there, what, what about the story itself uh, drew you to the to um, to this project? It was right down my alley. It was a normal story about a normal family and a normal life, <laughs> and it dealt mm-hmm. with real things that we all deal with, like the power of kindness, um, the um, giving from the heart. It dealt with issues of the heart. So anything that touches the heart for me. Um, I'm I'm there. I want to do the book. You know, I actually want to bring that story to life. And so it was so endearing to me. And when I found out um, it was by Patricia McKissick, it just it was a seam a seven deal because I loved her. I've loved her ever since my children were children. I used to read her books to them before they fell asleep at night. And just the honor of illustrating one of her books was unbelievable. It was so surreal. I I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> now, how is um, doing a picture book illustration, um, a project such as that, how is that or was it different from uh, your the work that you, you're more um, known for? Well, you know, in fine art, it's all about you and what you feel and what's inside your mm-hmm. heart, your, my spirituality, what I wanted to bring forth. I go into my room. I'm all alone with my own voices, with my own head. <laughs> And I'm creating these images. However, when um, with illustration is so different because it's a team thing. It's a team dynamic. And it's a lot of people involved. It's a lot of heads there. And um, so it's not just about pleasing me. I had a lot of different um, people I had to please. And, um, and, I, and I found out so much about this business because I just got in it, just like I said, in 2016. So, I'm just learning, and it's so it's just a wonderful world, and so I'm just I'm just receiving it all, you know, and trying to grow better each and every book. And mm-hmm. I hope there's more uh, books to come. <laughs> and you just mentioned this, and you touched on this briefly, but um, did you have about the collaborative nature of this? But did you have any interaction with Patricia while you were doing the um, the illustrations? Did she offer you any guidance at all? You know, no, and I'm so hurt. That was my only regret. You know, she passed in April 2017. I did not even get to meet her or talk with her or anything, so that was one of my regrets. Um, But her stories, I felt I knew her through her story um, because she just seemed like a wonderful, warm person I would have really liked to have gotten to know. Um, But I never did know get the meter so no there was no advice there oh that's too bad i know that's what i said but you know what i have some secrets inside that book you know i honor her in that book on the first and the last pages and it's sprinkled throughout the book most people don't know that yeah the uh the illustrations in the book in in, in your work in general they're they're really they're stunning honestly um there's uh such wonderful texture and, and the depth and you really, um, you really capture the, the book's themes of the compassion, the selflessness, uh, and the empathy that everyone's book has. They really shine through based, I think, based on your illustrations. Uh, what, what mediums did you use? Like, what's, what is your creation process like? Because they're, they're beautiful images. Well, Phil, actually, because I'm new to illustration, I decided, I started just trying to do it like a, I, I would imagine the illustrator would do it, you know, blank piece of paper, start doing sketches. But it didn't work for me. 
So I had to go back to what I knew best, and that's um, fine art. And all my paintings began um, as an abstract painting, every one of them. So mm. I, I took the illustrations the same way. I, I took them um, on that little journey. And what I do is I do abstract, and the images come forward from the abstract. And it's almost like, so my images, I didn't even know who they were going to be until they came forward. Um, mm. It's like, you know, like when you were a child, you would lay back and look at the clouds, and within the clouds, you see figures or things, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's the same concept for me. That's how I actually paint. Um, now, this this book, uh, you, you, you earned you a Curtis Scott King um, John Steptoe Award for New Talent Illustrator. Uh, uh, what, uh, what does this award mean to you, winning this award your first time out? Well, you know, it meant that it was appreciated, which was really important to me as a first-time illustrator. Um, because, you know, I had the nerves going on. I tried to do my best. I was hoping it was my best, you know. And to be appreciated like that was really, it gave me a lot of joy um, because it spoke to, um, it hopefully gave a message and uh, it sent a message for it. And that message in this particular book is about giving, love, and compassion. Um, and I pray that because of this award, you know, it will provide that visibility so that it will stay on a bookshelf so all children will get to read that book because it's such an important message. You know, it's lost mm -hmm. in the society we're in right now. And I think, and I was just so thankful that it did get a seal, uh, a Coretta Scott King John Steptoe um, seal. And my hope is that it will stay on the bookshelves, you know, for a mighty long time so that that message will stay in the front of everyone's um, psyche or face. Mm -hmm. Oh, it absolutely will. Um, now you have some some, some uh, book illustration projects in the works. Actually, one of them just came out yesterday. The book that uh, Nana Akua goes to school, which was just released yesterday. And you have another project in the works. Can you uh, tell our listeners a bit about them? Well, that project is about Shirley Chisholm Dared. That's the name oh, of yeah. the book. Shirley Chisholm Dared, and it's written by Alicia D. Williams. It's a wonderful book. I had to grow Shirley from age three all the way up to the 40s. <laughs> so each page, she's growing, she's growing, she's learning, she's learning, and you feel like you're growing right along with her, and you're on her journey from childhood into um, the magnificent woman she she um, later became as Congresswoman and then um, as far as her journey in, in itself. And that, uh, is there a release date set for that, or are you still, still working there on that? Is, I believe, don't hold me to this, okay, <laughs> I believe is um, April or August 2021, or somewhere oh, in between. Awesome. So we might be uh, talking to you next, uh, next year for another CSK award, possibly. I hope so. It's a wonderful book, um, and I'm not bragging, but I love the illustrations. It challenged me because it's a true story. It's my very first um, time doing um, nonfiction. Um, so it, it meant a lot to me. I had to do a lot of research. Uh, so it's, hmm. I'm a little bit proud of this one because it's different, um, and I hope it's received well by all, especially children. I want them to be able to say, you know, when they're in school and their their teacher say, hey, look, you got to learn about an important figure. I want them to go jump over there and get that book off the shelf about Shirley Chisholm.
That wraps another episode of the Dewey Decibel Podcast. I'd like to thank James E. Ransom and April Harrison for speaking with us today. And please, buy their books. Join us next month as we look at sustainability efforts at libraries across the United States. If you have a story idea for us, critique, praise, anything at all, let us know. We want to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. We can reach me directly at DeweyDecibel at ALA.org. As always, I'm Phil Moorhart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast.